0: The most polarizing member of the Memphis Grizzlies roster is Dylan Brooks, and his future is something that has been hotly debated in the immediate aftermath of the Grizzly season concluding in Los Angeles due to a blowout defeat in Game 6. Dylan had some interesting things to say in his end-of-season media availability, and we think that there are arguments for and against keeping Dylan Brooks around in memphis with the grizzlies we're going to talk about that and more on this episode of locked on grizzlies let's lock in
1: you are locked on grizzlies your daily memphis grizzlies podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
0: Welcome to this episode of Locked On Grizzlies. I am one of your hosts, Joe Mullinax, joined by your other host, DeMichael Cole of the Commercial Appeal there in Memphis, Tennessee. I am a columnist on the Grizzlies for Bluff City Media, and I also write for SB Nation. Make sure you're checking out our work at C on Twitter for DeMichael and at Joe Mullenax for me. Obviously, you're here because this is a Tuesday edition of Locked On Grizzlies, free and available wherever you get your podcasts as proud members of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team each and every day. Make sure you're checking us out wherever you get your podcasts as well as over on YouTube. Like, comment, rate, review, subscribe. But thank you so much to everybody that made our Monday episode of Locked On Grizzlies the most watched episode of Locked On Grizzlies ever. Made history on Monday. There's pros and cons to that. Uh, shout out to the, the Grizzlies folks in the comments that were defending us uh, over on Monday's episode. It's appreciated. Our everydayers, DeMichael. We got to shout out those everydayers that have been with us yep. uh, since day one, Usher sure. style, for the WWE fans. <laughs> um, but we appreciate everybody that watches. You don't have to agree with us, like us. You know, I've been covering the Grizzlies for 10 years now, and Lord knows not everybody likes me. Uh, but, you know, whether, you, whether you're with us, against us, with me, against me, whatever the case might be, everybody's with DeMichael. I mean, look at DeMichael. How could you be? Against him, Michael. That doesn't make any logical sense. Uh, <laughs> but thank you for helping us make history with our Monday episode of Lockdown Grizzlies. It is much appreciated. This episode of Lockdown Grizzlies is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On NBA for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We're gonna leave Game Six in the dust, kind of, sort of. We'll briefly mention it here or there. It was a pretty depressing situation. All around and we are now officially in the offseason to Michael and the biggest question aside from health, which we're going to talk more about on Wednesday's episode of Mm -hmm. Lockdown Grizzlies. The biggest question facing the Memphis Grizzlies entering this postseason is Dylan Brooks and his future with the Memphis Grizzlies. You were there on Sunday for the Grizzlies end of season media availability and there were two very different stories I thought being told in the conversation around Dylan Brooks. There was Dylan Brooks' side of the story. And then, of course, there was Zach Kleiman, Taylor Jenkins, their side of the story. I believe you mentioned it on the Monday episode that usually they're very deliberate, very specific, how they handle things, how they discuss things. Yeah. And, and, you know, Dylan was kind of conspicuous by his absence when it comes to Kleiman and Jenkins and Kleiman basically shut down fully talking about uh, Dylan because he is the only unrestricted free agent on the team. And he is, you know, going to be on the market here pretty soon on Dylan's side. He said he expected to be back, but, you know, his agent was going to take care of those things. But as we mentioned a little bit on yesterday's show, the reality is Dylan made it very clear that he didn't really plan on changing very much. You know, Jaw talked about change and Kleiman talked about change and Jenkins talked about change. Pretty much everybody that was in front of a microphone brought about the need for something to change over the next several months, except for Dylan Brooks. He made and it Joe, sound like more of the same.
1: And Joe, what was what was my word yesterday? What was my word yesterday? Uh, If I remember correctly, it was change. It was change. And that was my one word to describe, you know, what's happening here with the Grizzlies. And, And you know what? You just summed it up perfect. You just summed it up perfectly. At the end of the day, what I gathered more than anything is there is a new day approaching with this Grizzlies team. You know, the trash talk and all that stuff is fun. But there was a time. Now, as as this they get to this next level you know gone are the days where 50 wins is an achievement for this team it's that's the expectation now number 2 seed congratulations no one cares now because at the end of the day you were the 2 seed this season and lost in the first round so that achievement won't mean as much as it has over the past couple years now it's about getting to that next level and this is part of it there are some there's some change that has to happen john morant very open to change. Taylor Jenkins said it himself, he's gonna look in the mirror, he's looking over some things, he's he's gonna, you know, shuffle some things around. Very open to change. We mentioned how Zach Kleiman even, you know, brought along the questions about some of the moves he made uh, last season. Sound like he's very open to change. He Did we really very... need to triple down on youth? Did we really need to triple down on youth? Sounds like a guy open to change for me, Joe. So yes, with all that being said. All these guys are talking about change. And then we talked to Dylan Brooks and he said, hey, look, we said, you know, the, the trash talk. Do you think that got LeBron going a little bit and all that? And he said, nah. And then he said, he doesn't regret it. And he says, that's just who I am. So mm. guess what? Next season, when John says, oh, I'm going to be more humble in my interviews. And he expects the team to kind of follow that. At the end of the day, Dylan Brooks is still going to be doing the Dylan Brooks thing. If he's still in Memphis. So, uh, that can be there can be a disconnect there, because it sounds like Jaw's turning a new leaf. I
0: would agree, and I think that my biggest takeaway from that, and I wrote about it for SB Nation as well as Bluff City Media, um the past couple of days. the The reality is much like the Grizzlies outgrew Jonas Valanciunas, right? Mm. I mean, he he was the That's offensive training wheels for this team. Yeah, when Jaw and Dez and Jaron, they were still finding their footing a couple of years ago. He was the security blanket. That's how I would describe him. He made you feel safe and warm, and you knew you could get it to Jonas. And I, I mean, I mean this as a compliment to him. You know, you could get it to Jonas, and he was an efficient bucket getter as a big. They didn't need that anymore. They outgrew that. There is a need uh, somewhere in the NBA for what Dylan Brooks provides. Whether it's a rebuilding Toronto Raptors team, if they choose that route whether it is the Houston Rockets, Detroit Pistons, Portland Trailblazers, going back to Oregon maybe. There's lots of different ways that you can view Dylan. He is a top 100 or so player in the National Basketball Association. He talks too much, but he, <laughs> but he, and he's alluded to this, and I've written it about Dylan countless times to Michael. The reason he is here, the reason he's about to sign an extension that is probably north of $50 million combined, right? so Because his cap hold is $17.1 So he's in a position where he's going to make roughly that amount of money. Doesn't have to be exactly that amount, obviously. But don't be surprised if it's a four-year, $52 million contract. If he's going to sign some sort of deal like that, or three-year, 52, whatever the case might be, it is not because he's some elite basketball player, some phenomenal athlete. This is a second-round draft pick who has made himself through tenacity, the way he defends, his mentality. He has made himself what he is without an elite basketball skill. And I don't mean that as an insult. He's one of the more mentally tough guys, despite what's happened the last several days. Obviously, it's ended poorly in Memphis this past season. But don't get it twisted. A lot of what the Grizzlies have been is because of Dylan Brooks. He was that cultural, mental tenacity-driven security blanket, much like Jonas Valanciunas. The question is, is it now time to get rid of that blanket?
1: And that brings me to to the next point, and I won't hover on this too long because a lot of people haven't talked about this much uh, from media days, but this was one of my bigger takeaways as well. It's the fact that Dylan Brooks, I talked to him, I remember in Atlanta, uh, the Grizzlies played in Atlanta, I think it was March. That was the first time we just got to talk about uh, his role being different. Mm-hmm. You noticed that in March, uh, the shot attempts went down. Uh, I think it went down in February, but his shot attempts went down and he was shooting more threes, all these things. And he used the label three and D, you know, basically mm. saying he had to, to readjust his role to fit the team. Then you start noticing. Then the eye test start showing you things. The Grizzlies weren't calling plays for Dylan Brooks like they used to. Mm. Uh his you you see it like I see it, Joe. His shots were basically spot up three-pointers. And when he takes it off the dribble and you say, Oh boy, there goes Dylan. There wasn't, you know, any uh pin downs and things like that. You you see what Desmond Bain and Luke Kennard and those guys get. There was none of that for Dylan Brooks uh in the latter part of the season. So talking to Matt Media Day, uh paraphrasing here because I'm gonna write more about this too. But he basically said um, he's not a three and D guy. That's that's kind of how they use them. He alluded to the fact that you know he he could have gotten more plays called for him that would have gotten him in a better rhythm. Whether mm-hmm. and you know some people probably laugh at that, but but that was Dylan Brooks' take. He felt like he could have gotten more plays called for him uh, that would have gotten him in a better rhythm. And he basically said the whole three and D just play defense and shoot. Stand in the corner, shoot spot up three pointers. He said, "There's way more to his game than that." Now, I, I do think you know Dylan Brooks has shown he can get to the mid range shot and things mm-hmm. like that. But does he make them? He, I, I, he, <laughs> I, I will never tell you that Dylan Brooks isn't a shot creator because I, I am actually do that. I'm very impressed at his ability to get to his spots. Mm-hmm. He can get to that mid range shot, and he gets to it a, a decent amount against good against good defense. Absolutely. But when it goes up, it's the problem. So with all that being said, it leads me to the fact that not only does it feel like there's a disconnect from the trash talking and all that perspective mm. uh, on the court. Grizzlies going for it is very clear from Zach Kleiman, uh, Taylor Jenkins, that job, ja, Des and Jaron, you got the keys now. Dylan Brooks, three and D Dylan Brooks doesn't feel like that's the role he wants.
0: No, it doesn't. And I think that the role that he does want is more obtainable if he's somewhere else. We'll talk more about that next here on Locked on Grizzlies. But before we get to that, we're going to argue for reasons to keep Dylan Brooks around in Memphis, Tennessee with the Grizzlies organization. We'll talk about that after this word from Game Time. This episode of Locked on Grizzlies is brought to you by Game Time. Game Time is a wonderful place where if you're stressed out about buying tickets, like I know you have been in the past, I know I have been in the past. Anybody that's ever bought a ticket for an event, you freak out: is it a good seat? Is it cheap? How am I going to afford this? Am I going to be able to see? You get killer deals on last-minute tickets with the best price guarantee with game time. Plus, you get images of seat views with the lowest price guarantee. It really does make a major difference. Plus, you can get event cancellation protection, job loss protection. You can forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals right up to the day of the event. It's the fastest growing tipp- ticketing app in the country for a reason. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Lockedon NBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code locked on NBA for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We are talking positives about Dylan Brooks. What a bold strategy. We're going to try to find the bright side of Dylan next here on Locked on Grizzlies. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to Locked on Grizzlies. I am Joe Mullinax, your co-host, Grizzlies columnist over at Bluff City Media. You can also check out my work over at SB Nation. Every two weeks, I put a feature up for the former mothership. I'm joined by DeMichael Cole the Commercial Appeal there in Memphis, Tennessee, Memphis Grizzlies beat writer. I'm not going to suck up to him as much as I did yesterday. Just know, DeMichael, that you're wonderful. Um, continue the good work. Uh, we, we 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 teased there, DeMichael, the, the yeah. positivity, the bright side. And I use that phrase, people that have been following my work for a long time, they're going to know that's a deep cut. Mm. Because back in 2014, I want to mm-hmm. say, I was tasked, I did it to myself, with finding the bright side of Tayshon Prince. And this was after the initial trade where Tayshaun was a major piece of that Western yep. Conference Finals run.
1: Yep.
0: He fell off a cliff after that and was really bad as a Memphis Grizzlies player. And I sat down and I said, okay, I'm going to write this piece nine years ago now, which is crazy to say out loud, about good things that involve Tayshon Prince. Here is the bright side. Let's focus on the positive." Hey. I'm dusting that off right now. The bright side of Dylan Brooks. I'm gonna give you a few reasons why I would be okay with keeping Dylan Brooks around. Not saying this is actually how I feel. I'm playing devil's advocate here. So okay. three reasons to keep Dylan, right? And again, I have felt this way in the past for those that have been following Lockdown oh, yeah. You you were going to throw gonna throw I was gonna give him 80 million dollars. I was gonna give him 80 million dollars. So we can just leave that in the past. All right, right? Yeah, let's, let's just let's, pretend let's, like let's, that didn't happen. That,
1: that deal didn't um, it didn't ink in. No,
0: and it will not happen now. <laughs> but again, three years, $52 million or something like that. That seems realistic for Dylan Brooks because, again, his cap holds $17.1 million. If Memphis is going to resign him, it has to be somewhere in that ballpark. So anyway, number one, we talked about his impact culturally. He has been significant. Obviously, I'm playing devil's advocate here. Maybe he can change. We've seen short examples, maybe not as long enough examples as we'd like to see. But he has been a facilitator of offense. You mentioned how he took on more of a 3 and D role. He is capable of doing these things. Doesn't mean he wants to or that he actually will in the long run. But we've seen evidence, at least some, that he's willing to do these things. Number two, he's still one of the best defensive perimeter players in the NBA. When the all-defensive team comes out, if he's not second team, I think that's a mild upset. If he is, you know, off the second team, he's going to be close. He'll be pretty high up in the others that received votes. He's one of the top five to seven defensive perimeter players in the National Basketball Association. And he does it through his frame and his effort in the way that he competes on a nightly basis. Cardio's elite. He does really good work on that end of the floor. Reason number three. It's the easiest thing to do in terms of resigning somebody when you have their bird rights and you have the capacity to go over the cap with him. Memphis could negotiate pretty freely and easily with Dylan. Again, it's not like he's the worst basketball player in the world. He's certainly flawed, but he has his value and it would be simple, simpler than if the Grizzlies wanted to go out and trade Dylan for OG and Anobi because there would be additional resources, sign and trade kinds of things it becomes more complicated from there. So those are my devil's advocate, bright sides of Dylan Brooks reasons for him to stick around.
1: Okay. And and my reasons aren't necessarily devil's advocate. I would say, I, I think this is just realism. Sure. for How this thing could really play out. Just have a couple. Mm-hmm. Number one is you got to examine the market and sure. be real with yourself. Let's, we have some things we've said in the past. Uh, mm. One of those things me and you have touched on is the Grizzlies were aggressive at the trade deadline. Right. No matter what the results may have showed you, uh, the Grizzlies did everything they could to make that move that would have pleased you know, a, a large portion of the fan base. Including it, me. Yeah, in, including you, Joe. Uh, the, the effort was there. So guess what? The effort's going to be there in the summer to do the same exact thing, mm. that does not mean that a deal will get done in any way. So if a deal doesn't get done, Dylan Brooks has to be a kind of like your fallback option. Sure. Because at the end of the day, um, the Grizzlies only have a mid-level exception through free agency. So let's say, hey, you can't go out here and you can't trade. You can't make a trade because that's... That's how the Grizzlies realistically are going to have to operate this offseason. We've touched all on it. Uh, 14 roster spots are pretty much secured. Uh, you only have one open roster spot uh, right now for free agency, mm-hmm. and that's the Dylan Brooks spot. So with that being said, uh, Dylan Brooks is a free agent, and there are other free agents out there. You mentioned you can you can bring Dylan Brooks Back at a higher number, whereas the other guys, you're capped out at that 12.2 mid-level exception. The Grizzlies right. are above the salary cap. Remember, John Morant's contract kicks in, along with Jaren Jackson's juniors. Uh, The days of having salary cap space, those are in the past for the Memphis Grizzlies for the foreseeable future. So with that being said, Dylan Brooks is probably going to be a fallback option. If you don't get that trade, you're going to have to act fast and there aren't a lot of wing players out there that you can get for the mid-level exception that I think would qualify as big upgrades over a guy like Dylan Brooks. Sure, there are some guys. I'm going to throw out one of Joe's favorite Grizzlies of all time, Jay Crowder. Oh, oh he loves that no! Guy. He loves Don't that be guy. that
0: guy, to Michael. Don't bring that guy up. He couldn't even play. The buck season was on the line. You did this on purpose, to Michael Cole.
1: The right. Bucks' season right, was on Joe. the line, and he couldn't even play. It he couldn't even play. play, and you know what he did? He complained. He complained about his role for two teams in one season. So I don't. That know dude I, needs to
0: be playing yes. for the Shanghai Sharks in China.
1: Is where Jake Carter needs the, to be. Send him to the CBA, says Joe. Go so, to the CBA. <laughs> golly, day. <laughs> I just got Joe riled up there, everyone. I didn't. That wasn't my intentions, but okay. Yes, it was. Yes, my it was. Be okay, honest, I, to our I, I, yeah, thank you. I, I, okay, it was my intentions. But, be honest with our everydayers, to Michael. <laughs> so the other thing here is. You touched on it. The perimeter defense, the Grizzlies can use it. It's very like that. Yeah. And, and when I say they can use it, right now, uh, let's say they don't sign anyone and and you, you know, you go get a mid a middle of the pack type guy who could be a starter or who may come off the bench. Now you're looking at possibly the David Roddy, Jake LaRavia, Zaire Williams of the world. Um you know, possibly Luke Kennard. And remember, in that series against the Lakers, a lot of people were asking why wasn't Luke Kennard in the game in certain stretches uh, in Game Four, or Game Three. And I mm-hmm. asked Taylor Jenkins about that. He was talking about the fact of LeBron James going at John Moran and the Grizzlies only wanted to have one guy on the floor who they were going to have to hedge. Meaning everyone mm-hmm. else was switchable. They were they were okay with having Desmond Bain on him. They were okay with having Jaron. They were okay with having X, but. John Morant, they did not want to do that. So Dylan Brooks was the other guy they had on the floor. If Dylan Brooks is not resigned, you risk, yes, you could upgrade the offense, but your perimeter defense could be, I mean, no hyperbole, could be lower tier in the NBA. I'll leave it at that, lower third. Uh, John Morant made some strides, but he's still, and he's probably always going to be a small guy, and there's just downside to that. And then, um, and, and you know, he, he he takes a lot of gambles. So he gets some steals sometimes, but he also is out of position on certain, certain mm-hmm. possessions. Uh, Desmond Bain, I like the strides that he made defensively. I Think he's strong. He slides his feet very well. But again, Desmond Bain, uh, the wingspan you don't really care about it on offense like that. But on defense, it shows up when you got to guard Brandon Ingram and you got to guard Devin Booker, and these guys are going to that fadeaway, and they can just see right over the top of you, you know, right over the top of you. So it matters. But Dylan Brooks makes a big difference from that perspective. I think that's where the Grizzlies can use him. But again, all of this is fallback option to me. Of course, you want to go out there, you examine the market, you go for a big time defensive player who can shoot the ball better, who can add more offense. But Joe, if you if, if push comes to shove, if you're talking about event minimum or Dylan Brooks, I think you got to go Dylan Brooks.
0: Some of the names that have been thrown out there because that climate in that end of season media availability talked about using the MLE, the mid level exception. I don't think they've done so in some time. So he, you know, yeah. he mentioned to be aggressive with that MLE. And he, you know, when you look at guys that are going to be on the market, you know, new friend of lockdown Grizzlies, Rui Hachimura, maybe could fit into that MLE, Bruce Brown. Could be another name that potentially, and now you have to re-examine and say, are those guys really better than Dylan Brooks? And you know, yeah. you make an argument for Rui. I don't know that you make that argument for Bruce Brown. It's so marginal. Market, yeah. Right. It's a marginal difference. Sometimes the devil, you know, is better than the devil that you don't. And that might be a great way to describe the relationship with Dylan Brooks at this stage, but the bright side's done. We're throwing that away to end our show coming up here on lockdown Grizzlies. We're talking about reasons to move on from Dylan Brooks and, if you've been following me for a while, you know this I'm going to come with a sick. couple of. This, this is, Joe is my sick. time to shine. This is armchair GM Joe at his very best. I'm not going to give it all away because it's a long off season. But I got a little taste for you next here on Lockdown Grizzlies. Before we get to that, however, we got to give a shout out to Prize Picks. This episode of Lockdown Grizzlies is brought to you by Prize Picks. But Prize Picks currently has the one million dollar daily Superflex promotion for the NBA playoffs and the NBA Finals. Every day of the NBA playoffs and finals, one prize pick user will win a chance of becoming a millionaire. One entry placed after 8 a.m. will be randomly selected. Eastern time, that is. Each day, if you get six correct picks, you get $1 bucks. If you get five correct picks, you get $80,000. If you get four, you get $16,000. Full details can be found at prizepicks.com. You have to opt in to be eligible for that million-dollar entry. And prize picks is super fun. You pick two to six players. You're going up against just the projections available. You're not going against other people, and you can win up to 25 times your money. Obviously, the NBA playoffs are heating up, unfortunately, without the Memphis Grizzlies. But you can make your entry to watching the NBA games in 60 seconds or less. They're currently operational in over 30 states as well as in Canada with safe and fast withdrawals. Download the Prize Picks app or go to PrizePicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code Locked On. If you deposit $100, prize picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, prize picks will give you $50. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on and sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Reasons to say sayonara to Dylan Brooks next here on Locked On Grizzlies. Stay with us. Welcome back to Locked On Grizzlies. I am one of your hosts, Joe Monax, joined by... The other more handsome, more wonderful host, DeMichael Cole, of the Commercial Appeal there in Memphis, Tennessee. Wonderful Grizzlies beat writer for that publication. I am a Grizzlies columnist over at Bluff City Media. I also do some work over at SB Nation. Check out all of our stuff. Again, the Grizzlies might be done working for now, but Michael and I, the grind continues on. Maybe not quite as intensely, which, you know, DeMichael has friends. He wants to go and be social, and I am very <laughs> old and washed and need my rest. So, I'm, I'm in a positive place, as is DeMichael, you know, a chance to catch our breath. But we're going to keep putting out episodes. The month of May, we're treating it like we're in season still. Your team, each and every day, the Memphis Grizzlies keep grinding on. And DeMichael and I, or one of us, right? Because again, they day off every once in a while doesn't hurt. Uh, but we will be with you almost every day in May, uh, talking this Grizzly season and what comes next. A major piece of that is what to do with Dylan Brooks. And we've talked about the disconnect at Media Day, and we've talked about reasons for the bright side right? Maybe you keep Dylan Brooks around. Now we're going to say, cut the cord. It's over. Mm -hmm. And I think we've already kind of outlined the reasons why to Michael, I think we've talked about that disconnect between the Grizzlies trying to mature and grow up and change a little bit. And Dylan Brooks, not necessarily wanting that that is all culturally based. We haven't even talked about the fact that Dylan just had his worst offensive season of his career. And it's not really close uh, in terms of how poor he shot the basketball. On one hand, you could argue he's going to progress to the mean. On the other hand, if you allow for him to be what he wants to be, especially in Memphis where he started 300-plus games, yeah, I have always said that Dylan Brooks is an ideal sixth man. He's a guy that can come in against reserves and perhaps be more efficient in his scoring role. He could come in and be your defensive stopper at the end of games where maybe you alternate with an offensive talented player. The Portland Trailblazers stand out at the top of my mind. Anthony Simons is your offensive guy at the end of games. Dylan Brooks is your defensive guy. And that way you don't have Lillard and Simons on the court together. Um, So that's just one example of a place where I could see Dylan making sense. And whether it's in free agency or via sign-and-trade, which allows for more teams to be involved in the market that maybe are over the cap. There's lots of different ways that Dylan can be moved on from. I think the time is now. Um, the reality is if they do move on from Dylan, they have to find a comparable defender, somebody that can be of that ilk. I think there are options out there to Michael. But to me, the biggest reason to move on from Dylan, we've already kind of outlined, it feels like the team has outgrown him and he's not willing to make the changes that the team is going to make. And I think if he goes to a new environment, it will allow for him to maybe make those changes. Like imagine him as a sixth man in Portland or as a sixth man in Toronto. I think that he, you know, those are places he's obviously very familiar with. I think he might thrive in those spots. Yeah,
1: yeah. And, and I can see that. I can see that. I've I said kind of uh, at the beginning of the season, um, I wouldn't have been surprised if at some point, during the season, if he kind of mm-hmm. transitioned into that role, but then you got to factor in the fact that he's the longest senior player here, and and you know how he's too much baggage. Football. Yeah, it's too much. But that's an ideal role for him uh, somewhere else. And you touched on pretty much the most important things. But if we want to talk basketball and with the Grizzlies, uh, how that works is it's simple. Uh, John Morant is below league average shooter right now at this point. Mm. You just you just you just keep keeping it real. Uh, Desmond Bain is well above league average. He's an elite shooter. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. is above league average. And Mm -hmm. for his position, very solid shooter. If you get a third guy who's above league average as a shooter on the floor with John Morant, three guys where teams will say, oh, no, we can't leave him open. Uh, He he got problems. Uh, The other team does. There will be Mm -hmm. problems guarding the Memphis Grizzlies. There was comfort, I think, in in teams knowing that, hey, if Josh starts cooking us, (laughs) we can always just bring Dylan Brooks' defender over there and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, settle things down. And Dylan even said it himself. I think he was saying it in the exit interviews. He was like, man, it was just positions where – possessions, excuse me, where they just didn't guard him. It's never Mm -hmm. happened for Dylan Brooks before. Like, you got to remember, there's a sight to this stuff. The sight to this stuff is everyone in the NBA – was probably the best player growing up. Right? right. And when I say the best player, everyone probably was praising them and, oh, you're going to be this, you're going to be that. You go from that to going in a league, and now they're just like, uh, oh, leave him open. He's he's nobody. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a psych to that. And Dylan Brooks just experienced it. But clearly, we we looked at the numbers. I mean, we talked about the numbers. When Luke Kennard was on the floor Uh, The Grizzlies were so much uh, better in that series against the Lakers as opposed to Dylan Brooks being alongside of Desmond Bain. So the numbers show that if the Grizzlies get another shooter who is, uh, I mean, Luke Kennard isn't uh, a great defender by any means. So if you get a great defender plus a decent shooter who's respected uh, to go alongside that group, uh, where Jock can put his head down and go to the rim and doesn't have to worry about three, four, five, three, four guys meeting him in the mm-hmm. paint and teams saying, Hey, as long as we guard Desmond Bain, we're good because that's what teams are doing, and that kind of changes the whole trajectory of this thing. So, uh, yeah, that's that's my take. Like, uh, Dylan Brooks, I don't know the whole sign and trade thing, we'll see because I think at the end of the day. Uh, The Grizzlies have desirable draft picks in the future, and they have other players, which, Joe, you actually brought up on this show, which we'll talk more about over the course of the offseason, where I think those are more desirable ways uh, to go out and get those other players. Uh, Dylan Brooks, I think it's probably just going to be best to just say, hey, uh, that ship has sailed. Uh, Thank you for the six years, and you are a big part of the culture shift that happened.
0: I think that if they're going to go the sign-and-trade route with Dylan, they're going to have to overpay for someone. And you know OG Ananobi of the Toronto Raptors stands out in my mind. Again, part of the sign-and-trade is the guy has to want to go there, right? So Dylan, being an Ontario native from Canada, it makes sense that he would potentially want to go play for the Raptors. But in order for Toronto to take on Dylan Brooks, OG Ananobi, one of the better young wings in the NBA – that's probably going to be at least three first-round picks. Is Memphis willing to part with that for an OG and an OB? Jeremy Grant in Portland is in a similar situation where he is now an unrestricted free agent. If Dylan wants to go to Portland and Grant, for whatever reason, wants to come to Memphis or they find a way to get Grant to Memphis, that's going to involve multiple sign-in trades. There's a lot more moving pieces. And again, Jeremy Grant better than Dylan Brooks. Some first-round picks are going to have to be sent out. There are other players that could potentially be acquired who maybe fill that Dylan void. Yeah. Uh, we've talked about Alex Caruso in the past here on locked on Grizzlies. And we'll talk about him again. Uh, That's your I, guy. Pro- I promise you it is one of my guys. Yeah. I'm warming up to the idea of Dorian Finney Smith of Ooh. the Brooklyn nets uh, because he can play the three and the four, right? He's one yeah. of those kinds of hybrid guys who maybe helps all the fact yeah. that Brandon Clark won't be there. And, the Brooklyn Nets are almost entirely wings right now. They could probably use a point guard who can facilitate offense and start at that level. Do you know anybody who on the Grizzlies yeah. could potentially be a starting point yeah. guard? I know um, a guy
1: who's, who's, who's led the league in assists. Yeah, in and again, series. we're gonna yeah,
0: yeah. we're gonna talk more about this, right? Like yeah. I, I want to stress, this is just the tip of the iceberg. But the, yeah. the wheels have been churning here, to Michael. I think there is a lane for the Grizzlies, depending on how froggy they want to get. They can leap all over the NBA in terms of getting a contributor here, a contributor there, that that it's going to cost a lot. Like They won't have very many draft picks when it's done, but you can improve your overall team defense. You can improve your offensive situation Mm -hmm. and find yourself in a spot where your team is more solidified, your roster is more together- and a part of that's going to be finding a way to utilize that Dylan Brooks sign and trade. So I think that that is a major cog to this, that they have to find a way to sell somebody on what Dylan Brooks brings to the table. And again, if Portland wants to try to save a little money, right? Jeremy Grant's going to be more expensive than Dylan Brooks. If Toronto wants to save some money, OG Ananobi is about to make his own four figure or excuse me, nine figure close to nine figure Oh, yeah. So is Memphis willing to do that? We've heard a lot about the fifth richest owner in professional sports in North America, uh, Robert <laughs> Parra being willing to spend the luxury tax. Well, OG hey, you being your fourth piece, that could be your opportunity. So we're going to talk more about that as the season goes on or the off season, excuse me, goes on here on lockdown Grizzlies. But I think the time has come to move on from Dylan. It sounds like the Michael don't want to put words in your mouth, but you kind of agree with that sentiment. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hey. Thank- Thank you for your six years. I think that's a great way to put it. People are going to leave. Big culture shift. It. Yeah. Right. It's important. I Again, I was there. I was running Grizzly Bear Blues when the team was bad. And I watched Dylan Brooks be the best player due to injuries to Mike Conley and Marcus Gasol on that team that legitimately earned Jaron Jackson Jr. because they were the fourth worst team in the National Basketball Association. Mm-hmm. So I watched that 2017-2018 team. Don't fault Dylan Brooks for who he is because you know, who has a major reason or a major role to play in why Dylan Brooks is who he is. He obviously needs to take accountability for poking the bear that is LeBron James and for other things he's done, but don't be mad at Dylan because he wants to be a starter. He's been a starter almost the entire time. He's been a Memphis grizzly. He was asked to do more than he should have done when he was a rookie. There are consequences for these things. And I, I hope that Dylan will have a positive perception Eventually, right now, lots of folks aren't very happy with him. I hope that shifts as time goes on. Thank you so much for listening, watching Locked on Grizzlies, however you're checking out the podcast, whether it's on YouTube, whether it is wherever you get your podcast, your team, each and every day here at Locked on Grizzlies. And we appreciate our everydayers. We mentioned them earlier in the show, the folks that stood up for us, uh, or at least stood up for me. As uh, Lakers fans made it clear, they were not happy with my analysis. Uh, I appreciate those of you that said, hey, this is locked on Grizzlies, you know, like uh, th- there's going to be a Grizzly spin. Um, so thank you for that. It's appreciated. Continue to stay with us each and every day through the offseason. Like I said earlier, almost every day in May, we're going to have a show for you. Uh, the off season has begun for the Grizzlies, but we're going to keep grinding and working. And speaking of that, on Wednesday's episode to Michael, we've got some injuries to talk about. Some, a whole you know, bunch of them. Desmond Steven Adams, Brandon Clark. What are, what is this team going to do? Yeah. Maybe even if we can work in the time, again, it's a long off season. We could probably wait for a future episode, but the fact that Jaron Jackson jr. Is not injured, right? Like there's some positivity there as well. So I think the Wednesday episode might be a good time to lean on the old beat writer and get some injury updates.
1: Hey, I'm all for it. And, and, and there's so much we have to hit on because it's not even just the guys who were out. As it turns out, we learned that a lot of those guys who played were dealing with some things, but we'll we'll get to that. Stay tuned for it on tomorrow's episode.
0: Stay tuned for it on tomorrow's episode. For the wonderful DeMichael Cole, I am Joe Molinax. Again, thank you so much. History was made on Monday with our most successful episode in terms of downloads and views ever. It is appreciated. Let's keep that momentum and energy going into the offseason. So for DeMichael, I'm Joe. Until tomorrow, enjoy the rest of your day. Stay locked in with us here at Locked on Grizzlies.